Welcome to Grow Operation, Building the Business of Cannabis, a podcast where we talk to entrepreneurs and executives from the companies shaping the future of the legal cannabis industry. On today's episode, we're talking to Justin Johnson, founder and CEO of BudsFeed, a discovery destination for the Canacurious, where every day enthusiasts and brands sign up to seed the latest cannabis-related products, services, events, and original content on BudsFeed.com, so users can cruise and upvote new stuff in the feed, explore 50-plus curated topics, and even cultivate a following of their own. Justin Johnson, CEO and founder of BudsFeed, welcome to the Grow Operation Podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, before we dive into BudsFeed and what you're up to today, give the audience a little background on yourself uh, and what you were up to before this. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in Washington State, kind of knew I always wanted to be in advertising my whole life. Uh, Ended up going into advertising at the beginning of my career, working in agencies really from the beginning. Did that in Seattle, LA, and then ultimately here in New York kind of at the rise of social media. I came here to, to, to basically manage social media for American Express's entertainment initiatives, basically, which was a pretty cool and interesting job at the time. And, and that was kind of always the dream with advertising. So did that for about uh, 13 years, spent a little bit of time in the consumer tech space, you know, at, at some point decided to venture out and launch my own uh, web app. Awesome. I know obviously this is a, is a cannabis focused podcast. So you uh, obviously at American Express, not cannabis, if anything, quite the opposite. So how did you actually first get into the cannabis industry and what kind of led you to make that move? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. So, I mean, pretty much since high school, end of high school, it's really been a part of my life. In college, I was always, you know, very uh, much an, an advocate for it. Living in Seattle, Los Angeles. Um, and then New York, it was always kind of a, a, a part of my life. And I think you know, what happened is I just started to see something that was, you know, I, I, I was subject to the stigma as well. So even though I, I consumed it all the time and I love to go do it with friends that were also into it, you know, oftentimes I was the only friend doing it or, you know, it still felt like a little covert professionally. And um you know, I was just starting to see that really open up and see what the opportunity looked like. And, uh, you know, knew that I knew more than the average person about it. And uh, I just, I decided to take my shot. I mean, at the end of the day, I had this idea. Um, I acquired an amazing domain, which is how all great ideas start. Generally, somebody goes and starts yeah. scouring GoDaddy. And then, um, and then, yeah, you know, I, I actually got kind of lucky, you know, and in, in, when I had this idea, I had spent a lot of time bouncing it off some people. Um, I had, um, you know, within that time, there was a, a young woman I managed and I, I was you know, speaking to her father about some investments that he was interested in. And, uh, you know, he really believed in the idea of BuzzFeed. And so he actually gave me the opportunity to, you know, do something I'd never done before in terms of throwing caution to the wind and going and pursuing an idea that I had versus, you know, working for a, a corporate job where I get a salary and benefits and stuff like that. So, you know, I was, I was fortunate to uh, starting to get more interested in it at the same time, you know, it, investors were starting to get interested in, you know, right place, right time. 
Yeah. So uh, I think that's a perfect segue for you to, to kind of give us a little bit of background. Like what is BuzzFeed? What was the inspiration behind it? Um, and how did it come to be? For sure. Yeah. So BuzzFeed is a community platform for sharing cannabis related products and services. We encourage uh, cannabis consumers, but also brands and entrepreneurs, especially to come and share their cannabis related products on BuzzFeed.com. We call it seeding a product on BuzzFeed. Um, really, you know, the goal there is um, to, to, you know, A, build some valuable backlinks to your site, expose yourself to your uh, to our audience that's growing by the day. Um, you know, and if you do really well within the community, because it's an upvote based system, um, you know, you might get featured kind of in, in our email newsletter and our, our social media content. So the, pl the platform is like, I, I kind of joke that it's, 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 it's a hype machine for brands, but really, you know, it's an outlet for people to go share the coolest, latest thing in cannabis and for everybody else in the community to discover it. So instead of like, you know, relying on on pure journalism or just, you know, pure social media, uh, like Instagram, kind of something in the middle there. And um, really the inspiration was that there is so much innovation happening in the space and no real way of kind of capturing it all, right? So there's, there's definitely a, a, a huge cannabis scene happening on Instagram, right? Nobody's going to replace Instagram or become the Instagram of weed, in my opinion. Like that's just that's going to be hard to do. Um, and then there's, there's, you know, there's, there's forums about, you know, agriculture and, and, you know, uh, grow lights and all that kind of stuff. And those things are very separate. And, and really what I wanted to do is create uh, a platform where people could share any kind of product and tag it under any category. So um, we have, you know, probably 60 plus topics at this point, everything from uh, agriculture, to uh, black and POC owned, to women owned, to uh, papers and pre-rolls, right? Like just a variety of different ways that you can tag these different products. So, you know, eventually over time, if people are super into the tractors and the mills and the processing machines, that's what they can go and they can enjoy that part of the community. If they're into, you know, the pipes and the bombs and the, you know, paraphernalia, if you will, then they can then they can kind of peruse that kind of stuff. So that was that was the idea. Create a place that all those people could be welcome and really that those entrepreneurs and those brands could come and share what was the coolest, latest thing they were coming out with. No, I love that. As, as someone from the the tech side of the of the world, um, you know, product hunt is obviously a big thing. I've seen companies, platforms, products blow up on there. And it really does kind of springboard that entire company. So something for the cannabis industry specific, I think is super necessary. Today, how many how many total products and services and, and businesses have been listed on BuzzFeed? Oh, man, it, it would be hard to tell you without looking it up, but it's certainly over 2000. You know, it, it, it could probably be over 2500 at this point, because we probably we're probably dropping anywhere between three and four new products a day at this stage. And so, which has been really cool. You know, what's, what's really interesting about it is, um, you know, the, 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 the volume of activity in a niche community versus a traditional community like a Facebook, you know, yep. uh, always seems small, but the amount of dynamic 
activity that creates. And, and you know, the vast majority of our users, we've had over 80,000 unique users on the platform. Right. The majority of them aren't necessarily people that are going to sign in and see stuff. You know, the, like, and if you look at, um, they used to have a thing called the, uh, the, the technographic ladder. Basically, it was a, a way to define how people use the internet. You remember this? There's yep. collectors, and that's how they define people that did Pinterest. There's, you know, the amount of extroverts that actually share stuff is very, very small. The vast majority of people on 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 BuzzFeed and really any platform are lurkers, right? Yep. People that are there to peruse it, window shop. I have a handful of people that might just upvote stuff. There might be some people that will comment on stuff, but there's varying ranges of how active people are, but. Yeah, we've been lucky. We have, you know, we have a community of people who actively share stuff all the time because they're into it. Yeah. Um, and they 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 like to be the the tastemaker. And I I do things to encourage those people to stay involved. Um, and then you know that keeps the brands coming in and being interested because they know that there's activity there. And there's you know some of the people you know Warren Bobrow's seated his book on the site. We've had. Uh, koala puff seed a mystery box we've had you know there's there's and it's it's not you know it's it's like product hunt which you pointed out it's not necessarily something they're like oh they're going to see it every single week right it's more the cumulative you know it's the cumulative amount of cool new products that are coming out with from a handful of people every single week and really where the groundswell happens is is the number of people that either find it throughout that week and just discover it and maybe go find the product or you know even down the line they find it it's it's a google listing which yes. is that's really powerful like one thing i talk to brands about when they ask you know some of the benefits it's like anybody knows in reputation management or or just seo in general you want to own the top the top 10 search results of that first cert page your search engine results page right and so if one of them is a buzzfeed seed that you planted that you can control all the information the photos on that's going to just pretty much ensure that if somebody decides to go to that instead of directly to your website they're going to get back to you and probably buy your product one thing i've noticed and this is a stat i've never really told anyone but it's pretty i'm pretty proud of it because compared to some of the big commercial stuff like stuff like traffic is really you know it's skewed there's scales yeah. and then there's scales like the stuff i did for american express there's millions of dollars behind so there's you know yeah. But um, one thing I've noticed, this is an average, is of everybody who visits BuzzFeed.com, period, 48% of them end up clicking the get it button on a product. Like they'll go into a product and they'll click get it. That's crazy. They get, yeah, 48%. And if they get to the product through the Google search and they ended up clicking on the BuzzFeed seed, it's a 98% conversion because at the end of the day, they were just trying to find that product anyway. So that that's obviously not great for my bounce rate, but that's great for the brand. You know, it's just another way of, of getting traffic in there. And as my traffic scales, you know, hopefully those averages will hold because it's pretty insane. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, it's been, that's been really cool. You know, it's, it's starting to really drive some real results for people. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, the fact that people are just kind of organically coming to you to, to put things on, BuzzFeed, I think, is super interesting. Um, and as a marketer myself, I will definitely say that having a page in the the, the SERP results um, that kind of allows you to own the messaging, it's not someone else owning that messaging. You can go in there and change 
that listing, you can update it, you can change the images. Um, that's super powerful because it kind of acts as an extension of your website. And it's not something that someone's going to go read and it's got a review from someone else or something written by someone else. So I think that's super powerful. Yeah. Warren, who you mentioned, he's the, the cocktail book, right? The cannabis cocktails book. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Warren has said, yeah. And that's what we see it. I have the book right here. Yeah. We, you know, he seated the book, um, you know, and it's the one thing about cannabis entrepreneurs, there, there is definitely a varying level of technical sophistication because some of these people sure. were definitely like in, they're in grows. They're not, they're not on the computer. They didn't do social media their whole life like me. Right. Right. And then there are people, and then there's also just a matter of time. Most of these people have to do two jobs just because they put so much compliance stuff around, you know, the, the industry in general. But, um, you know, yeah, I've been pretty surprised and happy at the type of people and, 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 um, you know, the fact that people are naturally coming and, and seeding it. And, you know, I try to do a little bit of recruitment too. Like if I see something awesome, you know, yeah. I want people to know at the end of the day, my goal is here to like their participation makes my world go around, but my world going around is really, you know, out of design to help them too. My whole goal is to create that visibility in a place where we really have limited tools. I mean, yeah, I won't go into it. <laughs> oh, I, I, I appreciate that before I do want to, I, I want to, uh, Swing gears a little bit in a second here, but I do want to ask if you if you know the most upvoted product or service in the history of BuzzFeed. Is there a number one? Is there something that stands out? Oh my gosh. I honestly don't know off the top of my head. That's so horrible. Is there is there a product that you that you know got got pretty close? Even even we won't hold you to it if it's not number one. I feel like the lift grinder did well. I feel like the chill did well, but that's because I have some some external like involvement in, in, in incentive and driving people towards that. Yep. Maybe the lift grinder. I don't know. Uh, I, I, it's, it's almost hard to tell because it's um, like, I don't really, it's more about per category. So if you were to go to the CBD category, right. Uh, and, sorry, the CBD topic, you could find the top CBD. You could find the top sense. agricultural product. I don't have it as top overall. The top overall would have to be maybe the buddy one hitter would be up there. I think she maybe is around, you know, uh, probably the top somebody's ever gotten is probably around 600 upvotes. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, no, I appreciate that. And I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. Meandering response to that. Cause I'm like, now I, now i desperately want to know and my computer's over there. Well, we'll have to have you on in a follow-up episode where we can we can get the exclusive on the the number one most upvoted BuzzFeed product of all time. Uh, before we jump into kind of a different little topic of conversation, I do want to uh, first of all give you a shout out. I know at the the Clio Cannabis Awards in in twenty uh, twenty, you made the shortlist. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe it was for excellence in animation in the film and video craft category. And your submission was building brand love through animation. Is that correct? That is, you nailed it. Okay, awesome. Well, what, number one, congrats. And uh, I did pull out a little bit of information here just for listeners who don't know what the, the Clio Awards are, um, because if you don't know what it is, it, it may sound like eh, just any other award. There's a million of them. Um, but the Clio Awards are actually an esteemed international award competition for the creative business founded in 1959. And they celebrate high achievement in advertising. And so 
obviously that's not just some small award you won. There's obviously a lot behind that. So uh, first of all, congrats. And I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about your submission and how that came to be and, and what the inspiration behind it was and, you know, why you think you won for that submission. Yeah. 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 So, so obviously being in the advertising industry, my whole career, Clio's were always a really big deal, right? Like that was a big award. So you have like your can lion, you have your Effie award for effectiveness. You have your one show, you know, pencil award, and then you have the Clio and beneath those four, maybe there's a handful of others that are really important too, like some of the design field or the digital field, but those are it. So it was exciting the year prior when they had came out with the Clio cannabis, because it kind of blew my mind that it hadn't even happened and that they had created this category and they launched it with high times the year prior. I I was too late kind of that first year. And I was just, you know, I reminded myself, I'm like, I'm going to do it this year. And um, yeah, you know, one of the things I'll just say about that, that was really important to me is I, you know, when I entered the cannabis industry, I never felt necessarily like I got ghosted by anybody or, or anything like that, but you definitely drift apart from people that continue to be in not the cannabis industry sometimes, or, or even like some, like, you know, a lot of my irreverent can, uh, advertising friends remain relatively close just because the culture is similar. But, you know, it was really something that I felt like reconnected me to those people. Like I got a lot of, you know, outreach from those people, which is pretty exciting. So, you know, with regard to the animation, when I built BudSpeed, you know, one thing was to build a platform that was very different than the, anything that was out there. I didn't want to build a social network that was going to be the Facebook or the Instagram or the Twitter of of cannabis. I felt like that was that was, you know, as long as those things exist in real life, it's really hard to build a replicate of them. And and and, and so I spent a lot of energy building the platform. Beyond building the platform, I really wanted to build out the brand. People loved the name. I had you know established this little bud character that, unbeknownst to me was awesome. the thing that all sorts of people would fall in love with. He's awesome. And it became this, <laughs> it just became this like kind of like thing that like people globbed onto. And so, you know, I got to give a, sh- a shout out to how this happened. When I wanted to build my brand, you know, coming from my background, I had a lot of friends who had worked in the world of like television and media. So my friend Hermes Ariola, uh, Russell Strait, Habev Wally, you know, there are a handful of handful of people that I'm probably gonna forget to thank right now. But you know, there was a lot of people that were in this entertainment world that came and helped me. Michael Luckhart, my animator for sure, you know, that were like top-notch people, like really high-end animation talent that were doing like TV shows for HBO and True TV and and you know, and so you know, I knew that when I came out of the gate with the brand and started doing stuff on Instagram and stuff like that, that my stuff was from, from a creative level at another level, right? Like there's a reason that I can run a company with like one person and a handful of freelancers and a handful of community members, you know, and that, that came down to. You're well connected. Yeah. Well, and just having it, you know, like when we built it out, we built a design system, we built a real brand and I, you know, I built it with guys that really cared about it, loved it and put a bunch of passion into it. So, 
you know, when I was looking at the categories for the CLIA, I was getting to your question, and I, I, I ultimately decided in where I was going to go. I, I definitely submitted BudSuite as a website, as a, as a web platform to be recognized. But I also um, submitted, there's a, there's a craft category for craft, you know, things like within brand building, like photography, design, and animation. Yep. And I think one thing that, you know, just really came to life in that year that we were going was we did a ton of amazing animation and I just felt like it was really um, appropriate. I feel like if I would have tried to, uh, you know, compete on the brand level, then you're going to start going up against Charlotte's Web and like Shepard Fairey's like, you know, poster yeah. that they put into a hemp field or something like that, you know, and it's, you can't beat that. Yeah, exactly. But, but in this craft category, you know, I, I, I really felt confident that the, the team that I had worked with and the artwork and stuff like that had really struck a chord with people. And uh, yeah, I was excited, you know, not going to lie. I kind, I kind of cried a little bit. I did. No, I mean, I, and I love the brand. Um, I think it's super awesome. And I love that we just kind of got you to give uh, an award ceremony speech, like acceptance speech right here. on the. <laughs> uh, I got to think, I got to think. Yeah, well, if you knew Hermes, my that my creative director, uh, he's just he's on another level. He's just on another plane creatively. It's unbelievable. That's amazing. Well, uh, I think we've got a, a decent segue here. Um, you know, I don't I don't want to dive too much into your your previous background, which we kind of already touched on. But um, I know in your ad agency world, you know, just from uh, I think your LinkedIn profile, I was able to see you worked with American Express, which you mentioned. Walmart, ESPN, Alaska Airlines, Unilever, eBay, Microsoft, Nestle, Frito-Lay, U.S. Bank. So obviously a ton of big names. And I know one of the things you do outside of BudsFeed is you advise startups and brands in the cannabis space. So I'm curious, you've worked with some of the biggest brands in the world. I mean, those names that I just listed, every single person who's listening to this is going to know those brands, know those names. They're immediately recognizable. But what are some of your favorite brands um, or startups or companies you've worked with in the cannabis space just from like an advising level, even if it's like a low level? And give us a little insight into that. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a handful of people that I work with, you know, that I what's I think what's interesting about my background versus the cannabis space is that regardless of how big you are in the cannabis space, you're still a startup. Yep. Right. And there's nothing, it doesn't matter. Cureleaf is maybe one of the companies that's getting out of startup stage and, and is self, self-funding. self You know, there's a handful of them maybe, but everything's a startup just because it wasn't really legal. So, so you know, working with the, the U.S. banks and stuff of the world, it's a, it's a completely different comparison, but I'll give you a couple of examples. So, you know, what I've actually really enjoyed working on with BuzzFeed is really the smaller companies. And, Again, you know, even the big companies might be smaller companies. So definitely the chill. Yeah, let's get some shout outs out here for some of these companies. Yeah, definitely the chill, which is, you know, the uh, the world's first stainless steel vacuum insulated smoking apparatus. You know, we've been working with the guys at The Clinger, which has been really fun. Martin at The Clinger is a great entrepreneur and just, you know, had a great idea. And that's been fun. I'm doing some work with the guys up at 42 Degrees, Michigan, which is, you know, I'd have to imagine um, I'm a little bit biased, so, but probably the top processing facility in the state of Michigan doing amazing. Yeah, amazing. So shout out to Michigan while we got, while we got the audience. 
Oh yeah. I mean, and, and these guys are making, you know, some of the top notch craft concentrates in the entire state. And, you know, it's, it's, it's why there's other brands that are using them to create theirs. Yeah. You know, I, I, one of my good friends, Peter Calfee over at go fire uh, vaporizers, he's been working this on some amazing stuff. Um, I always joke that that guy's like the Steve jobs of weed. I think he's just a brilliant guy and he's got some pretty tremendous, uh, you know, IP, but also just beliefs in how he can help people with, with cannabis and, and better consumption methods, you know, just, yeah. Uh, you know, phyto, phytomedicine, pulmonary consumption of, of, of medicines, pretty brilliant, brilliant mind. Yeah, man. I think that's, that's probably, you know, other than that, I do a lot of collaborations. My friends at Tradtov, which is a, you know, a, a vape and a beauty line here in, yeah. uh, in New York. Some free shout outs for these brands here. So we're giving some <laughs> here on the pod. Um, I want to segue just before we get to our last segment. I want to just touch very briefly on one one other thing because I know you mentioned the chill, uh, the world's first stainless steel vacuum insulated smoking device. That's something that you kind of through BudsFeed got involved in, helped bring that product to market. I know you guys are kind of doing some of the pre-orders. You've got two utility patents on it, so I mean you've got you're doing a lot of cool you know entrepreneurial things on the chill in addition to BudsFeed. So I, I want you to talk just a little bit about how you kind of see the future of what you're going to do at BudsFeed and how BudsFeed can be kind of this jumping board for you to get involved with other products, whether it's advising, you know, those startups getting involved on the actual manufacturing side and how you can actually use BudsFeed as not just a platform to kind of launch the brands or the recognition of these products, but actually help them build those businesses and scale those businesses through, you know, your background, your expertise and and, and through BudsFeed itself. For sure. Yeah. So, so I've, you know, I, I always joke because I've always been resistant to just try to make money on ads. A, the, the 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 audience that's required to make any money on ads is super difficult, and it's kind of the antithesis of what I'm actually trying to do in terms of giving people a free opportunity to talk about their product and service. So, yeah. a lot of how I've made you know money to date is I'm a consultant, right? I will do that. I can do that for cannabis brands and non-cannabis brands. I prefer to do it for cannabis brands these days. And, and below, you know, the underpinning of that is I have a lot of connections. Like if I need to connect somebody with a payment processor, hey there, uh, you know, if I need to connect somebody with okay. uh, an accountant, you know, and, uh, you know, I have a lot of those connections and I'm not implying that we do, but I, you know, I have, I have connections where I can, I can get some referral fees and stuff like that. So that's really how I built my business to date and, and establishing that network. I also have the marketplace. I was just going to say, I love that because you get a lot of these, these platforms or websites and they turn into kind of ad platforms and all it is is spammy and, and you've actually taken the exact opposite approach, which is really building community. And I think if there's ever an industry that should be built on community, I think it is cannabis because um, it's very tight knit, you know, the, the grows and the the distributors and the the dispensaries and, you know, even the people at the highest level in the industry, they're, they're all kind of cheering for each other um, and they're all yeah. kind of connected in a really unique way. So I, I think community is such a powerful approach. That, that's how I've, how I've built the business today and that's how I can, I can make money, you know? But the, the main, really the goal of the, the platform and really what I'd like to do is, is long-term is to be able to take those services that I'm able to provide and invest back into somebody's company. So 
I really want companies to come to BuzzFeed knowing that they can, you know, at the very least get a bunch of exposure, but potentially they can walk out knowing that they have access to me and that, you know, whether they just need an accountant and I need to refer them to somebody or, or they actually need help growing their business and they need manufacturing and marketing and those types of things. That's really the goal is to, to, you know, be able to help those people because really the service industry is thriving right now. Yeah. You know, the account, the account, every time a new cannabis company comes up, you know, an accountant gets their wings. So. No, I hear you. Definitely. No, I appreciate you uh, circling back and kind of completing that answer for us. With that, I do want to jump to our last section segment of the, of the pod, the segment I call can uh, or cannot, where you tell me if you can uh, or cannot get behind the statements I present to you. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. Uh, number one, last summer you wrote an article in, for Benzinga titled Repairing New York's Economy and Community by Legalizing Cannabis, where you discuss benefits of legalizing adult use cannabis and what that would have, mean for New York citizens and the economy. We obviously know where you stand on the issue. Um, you're obviously based in New York now. But I ask you, cannot or cannot, cannabis will be fully legalized for adult use in New York State by the end of 2022. Cannot. Any any for, any any insider hunch on why? Yeah, I think that they I think a money is involved, and that's generally what makes New York move on anything. Yeah. Um I think the hardest thing in getting it done in New York is is that there's there's pharma, there's the government, there are the equity groups. There's a lot of people fighting for what they think they deserve and they need. And you know, it, it's, especially with the equity thing, there's a lot of stuff that 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 needs to be in the bill from the gate or out, you know, right out the gate, or it just won't get past that stage. You know what I'm saying? Why, like there's that's why I went with 2022 because I figured with all the hurdles and 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 having seen it happen in a bunch of other states, how long it can take to play out. 2021 just seemed like we're already a good chunk of the way in, and and, and that's probably not in the cards. Number two. You were, we've talked a lot about the, the advertising stuff. Um, and that's obviously your, the world you came from, the world you're at least in some level in now. And you were quoted in Forbes, and this is a little bit of a long-winded quote, so, so bear with me, all the listeners out there. Um, you were quoted saying, one of the biggest challenges I've encountered as a cannabis-adjacent business, and I'm not alone, is a lack of quality paid advertising channel, channels available. While I used to count Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and other platforms as official partners of my agency, most make it near impossible to get cannabis-related ads approved. These platforms are missing out on hundreds of millions of advertising dollars each year due to blanket policies based on U.S. federal law, and it's unfortunate for both sides. Even 100% legal cannabis or CBD brands, excuse me, struggle to effectively advertise. So I ask you, cannot or cannot paid advertising channels, some of the ones you mentioned and others that you didn't, will lax their stance on cannabis, CBD, hemp, and other related businesses before cannabis is legalized at the federal level? Cannot when it comes to marijuana, at least, potentially. Um, I mean, the reality is if you go to the, the policies, the terms and conditions of any of those companies, yep. it's just one bullet point. They don't have more than one bullet point. They say that it's federally illegal in the country in which they're based and they just can't, they can't do it. And so, so you anything marijuana related until that's federally legal i don't even see them doing it uh potentially they'll they'll you know if if the fda 
were to approve CBD yeah. for anything other than uh, epilepsy, like yep. epidiolect, then yes, I think that that will fly because, you know, I can buy, I can buy weight loss pills. I can buy all sorts of stuff that are kind of in that simple event range, but yeah, not, not when it comes to, not when it comes to THC, that's going to be, that's going to, I think will require federal law because frankly, they could do it in Canada right now and they don't. Yeah. They could do it probably in Mexico very soon and they won't. And they could do it in Washington, California. They could do it in all of those different, in all of those different states and they don't. And they have the technology to do it. They have scary accurate targeting technology. technology. <laughs> so, so we'll call it we'll call it cannot with an asterisk next to it. Yeah, can cannot with weed, canna with with hemp. I think I think I think that's gonna happen. I think C B D um you know will have its have its day on Facebook sooner than and the later. last uh the last cannot or cannot uh, while we're speaking on the federal legality um this is one that i asked everybody cannabis will be legalized at the federal level within the next three years cannot i think it will be decriminalized at the nationwide level within the next three years and i think that legalization poses too many issues that they would have to figure out, but decriminalization opens up a ton of opportunity, like interstate commerce between Oregon and Washington, California and Michigan and Illinois and Massachusetts, right? Interstate commerce would be possible. The the, the concept of paraphernalia that is legal in certain illegal in certain states, sometimes more illegal than marijuana itself, would no longer be a thing. Paraphernalia can exist for something that's not illegal. Um, so I, I, yeah, I think, I think decrim in the next three years, but I like that. And I like that answer. Yeah. I don't think we And I, and, uh, I think the, you know, and, and I like that you touched on the, the interstate commerce piece of it, because I think that's like, that's one thing that doesn't get brought up a lot and is, is kind of an unknown to people, um, how difficult the interstate commerce is in the cannabis industry. And I think that that's a world in which unlimited opportunity starts to open up, um, yeah. So I appreciate you bringing that up. <laughs> Think about yeah. like any, uh, you know, rice, like it's, it's like anyway. literally anything else can be sent across the border to be manufactured into something. It's crazy. Um, well, I appreciate all those answers. And uh, before we let you go, um, I just want to let you plug yourself, your company. Where can people find both BuzzFeed, you on social channels, email? What's the best way to get in contact with you? For sure. You can find me at budsfeed.com, B-U-D-S-F-E-E-D.com. You know, if you, the easiest way to get in contact with me personally is if you hit the little chat bubble in the bottom right corner of the website, I'll respond to you eventually, hopefully very quickly. And then if you want to follow us on social, uh, we are at budsfeed underscore on Instagram and Twitter. And then on Facebook, we just got at budsfeed. So yeah, we have a YouTube channel and stuff too, but honestly, the channels I'm probably most active on outside of the website itself is uh, was, is Instagram. Awesome. Well, uh, I appreciate you giving us that information. I'm sure there will be people who would like to reach out. I'm sure people would love to at least check out the site, even if they don't reach out. So uh, thank you for all that info. And uh, thanks for joining us on the Grow Operation Podcast. For sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for listening to the Grow Operation Podcast. Stay tuned next time for more stories from the people building the business of cannabis.